he actually went to the janitor and asked him for elbow grease. That was my grandmother's punchline to a story that she had told so many times about a young man who had been assigned a task and did not know what elbow grease meant. This is Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we talk about the School of Street Smarts. I'll see you on the flip. As a little kid listening to my grandparents tell these stories of on-the-job hilarity, uh, working with younger folks, I learned to pay attention to them when they would try to teach us little things that would help us to be cooler. My grandmother would always say things like, you don't want people saying X, Y, Z about you or listen up. And she would give us all of these great wisdoms that I didn't realize were wisdoms until I did go off to college and then became a young working adult. And she saved me so much embarrassment. Now, don't get it twisted. I was still an idiot in a lot of areas, but it could have been way worse without her strong sense of street smarts. And as she liked to call it, common sense. You know, so now what I'm learning is, um, of course, everybody does not operate in the same way. And yesterday's podcast, I touched a little bit on these different kinds of intelligences that uh, research has said we possess. So if you'll just allow me, just give me a few minutes to tell you about these uh, these intelligences. And then I got something really cool to tell you about street smarts and how you can either learn to sharpen it or get some. Okay. So um, back in 1983, a book came out that would go on to change the way we look at how we learn or how um, we show our giftedness. Now, this book was the grandfather to a lot of books that we take and use every day. And, uh, a lot of the psychology of um, what runs our lives are taken off of where this book started. Now, the name of the book is called uh, Frames of the Mind, and it's by Howard Gardner, okay? And so the book Frames of, um, Frames of Mind uh, set out to show that not everybody thinks the same way and not everybody is intelligent or gifted in the same way. And that was revolutionary. And it was revolutionary because at the time, a lot of people were like, oh, you're dumb because you don't know how to do these math problems. Oh, you're dumb because you don't know how to have great comprehension when you read. And it just went on and on. And so at the time he was like, we got, we got to stop saying that one person is smart or another one isn't. And he even rallied against uh, putting everything on a certain IQ because that did not mean that because you couldn't uh, test well or do certain things that you were dumb. So he came up with these nine uh, kind of categories that have uh, spawned a lot of uh, research, a lot of um, tweaking over the years. So I'm going to go over them real fast and then I'm going to get to the one that is, I think, enjoying a really good um 
spotlight these days. And that is, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about it, but it's the street smarts one. Okay. All right. So the nine that he talks about are being the naturalist. That means that you are smart when it comes to the world, our surroundings and nature. Uh, that's the people who have great, um, navigational skills. They always know where their car is. They always can find north, south, east, and west, no matter where they're standing. And they just really get how nature works. They're called to it. Then you have the musical folks. Enough said. They are really smart when it comes to sounds, music, harmonies, movements, patterns, and those types of things. And then you have the ones that we're more familiar with, which is logical and mathematical, dealing with words and reasoning, of course. Existential, fancy word for saying that you understand intricacies of life. Have you ever had those people who were natural um, philosophers or everyday Buddhas who are just Zen or serene? And I've already talked about, you know, serenity in uh, a podcast uh just just so many different uh, ways that they exhibit the fact that they answer or help us answer the questions of who am I? Okay, so that one's existential. The next one is interpersonal, and that's where you are people smart. Now, to me, the street smarts encompasses a lot of these different ones because it requires a little more, but I'm going to get into that. So just bear with me. So interpersonal, you're really good with people. You're a people person. It's not just because you're able to entertain them. No, you understand them sometimes preternaturally to a way where they don't know as much about themselves as you do, and you can sum it up real fast. Okay, so then there is the body or the kinesthetic one. Sometimes it's called somatic. And that one is where it's all about being able to in um, to understand your body and be in tune with it. A lot of dancers, actors, uh, surgeons, athletes uh, have this this particular intelligence. And then the next one is another one that has been more traditional, and that one is called linguistic. And that's where you are word smart. Uh, You understand reading comprehension. You are all about being able um, to understand uh, the thinking and the facts and histories and all that kind of stuff. The next one kind of sounds like interpersonal, but it's intrapersonal, which means that you are smart about yourself. You have an intuitive understanding of your patterns, of your seasons, of who you are, you know, and so we're existential existential can be said about you, but more so it is a shared knowledge of peoples and cultures and things. Intrapersonal is where you get down to the nitty gritty of yourself and you know who you are. Okay. And then the last one, uh, but not necessarily in decreasing order, is called spatial. And spatial is all about being, and they call it picture smart, but it's those people who have a very strong internal um, vivid imagination where they see in 3D. Those are going to be your architects, uh, your engineers. They're also going to be um, your uh, movie directors and, and people who are highly creative that can bring something out of nowhere 
and see it in their mind, sculptors and um, artists and things like that who produce things that are in the in that become um, tactile. And so you have those. Now, thank you for letting me go over that and pay a little homage to Dr. Gardner because we're going to be building on that. Okay. So remember, I told you he's like the grandfather to a lot of the stuff that um, we rely on now and take for granted. Well, when he came out with this, it was quite groundbreaking. And it was groundbreaking because it got the community, the psychology community, up in arms because they were like, well, you. Um, can't just say that they have these different um, uh, different intelligences. And he said, yes, I can. He says, because these nine, these nine meet your criteria. He, you know, he said that they uh, met certain parameters that would appease the psych- psychological um, industry or community. I'm going to say community. And they have kind of like stood the test of time so far. Um, But there is something that has um, broken out of that, that people have wanted to update these intelligences. And that is the intelligence of street smarts or what they would call contextual intelligence. Now, there was this other guy, uh, Robert Steinberg, and he had this fancy name. You could tell folks that are academicians in in the industry because of the way they name stuff. But he had this thing that was a riff off of what Dr. Gardner said, and it's called uh, Triarchic Theory of Intelligence. Y'all, it is simply... (laughs) It's a three-part component, and his last component has to do with contextual intelligence, meaning these people are able to look at their surroundings and uh, be able to adjust accordingly, almost like intuitively in a blink of an eye. They are like the cat who always lands on his feet with the nine lives. They get what it means to flow and ebb and work. Okay. Now I only brought Steinberg in because of his use of that word contextual and contextual has kind of slipped into the um, contemporary uh, nine that have been attributed to Gardner where he didn't necessarily call contextual intelligence um, as one of them. But for the most part, when you talk about contextual intelligence, it's a fancy way for saying that you have street smarts and you're very practical. So now let's get into it so that we can really boil this down and we can see our wisdom smack and we can actually be practical like this says. Now, I sometimes am blessed to be able to assist people Uh, in a myriad of ways. Uh, A few of them are, uh, sometimes I help people uh, with their self-publishing, whether it be in uh, creating plots, shoring up story, helping them do their marketing, uh, setting up their platforms, you know, from the rooter to the tutor, A to Z, with regards to self-publishing, because I do it, and thus I'm able to help other people do it. And then on the other side, I work with people who are still in corporate America and I help them with presentations, uh, with writings, with communicating and uh, being able to bring, breathe new, exciting and creative life into their concepts. The one thing that I used to struggle with when I found out that I was pretty good at this was translating my 
um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm, I'm trying not to cough, you guys, uh, but I found that I was able to, uh, not able to, but I had to learn how to, that's what I want to say. I had to learn how to take my uh, knowledge, my practical knowledge that I had gotten and find a way to articulate it to people. And so I went through this um, whole journey, if you will, of having to learn how to do that. And it took me a moment because, you know, think about it. You think you know something. And then when you try to explain it to somebody else to get them to know it on the level that you know it, it does not translate. You know, it just really doesn't. And so there was a big, a big schism that I had to overcome. And that was because I had to learn exactly how I learned and and how I did things. So now let me break this down to you, okay? When you are operating in um, a way that you have to show people or even go back and figure out how you do something that you don't even think of, you just do it. These are some ways that you can do it. So what I'm doing now is the wisdom smack that I got. I'm helping you break down how to make your street smarts or what you're naturally good at, how to make it where other people can get it. Because like, okay, so I talked yesterday in a podcast where I talked about tacit knowledge and tacit knowledge, tacit, T-A-C-I-T, tacit knowledge. It, it means that you are a hands-on or you your knowledge is from practical experience. Your knowledge for, is from hands-on. And when and tacit knowledge is uh, very intuitive, it's almost even subconscious or even unconscious. And so to bring it back up to where you have to analyze it and break it down for other people can sometimes be very hard. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had a teacher who was brilliant and they could do the stuff that they do where it would leave your mouth hanging open? But then when they turn around and try to get you to learn or teach you how to do it, you're like, oh, this is not working. I just can't get it. Now, I will say this. A lot of times people who remain in the educational fields have a lot of tacit knowledge and they do not know how to make the jump to make it what we would call explicit knowledge. Now, explicit knowledge is where you're able to be where where you're able to give people um directions. It uh, excuse me. <laughs> it also uh has a a term you can use it say declarative where you can give them statements and and describe it and break it down and so there is a, a gulf between these two where you have to learn how to do this so tacit is the knowledge that's intuitive you do it you're really good at it but it doesn't translate well into trying to teach someone how to do it uh explicit knowledge or declarative knowledge is where it is um very uh, theory. So that's a better way of saying it. So where tacit is practice and experience, explicit is theory and can be taught. And some kind of way you have to gap that through. So this is how you do it. Okay. So when you have this uh, street smart, street smarts is what we call know-how. And when you have know-how, you want to start with practical 
training. Now, practical training is different from technical training because what practical training is, is you focus on one foundational or the most important foundational component needed to be able to pull something off. So when you are wanting to turn your street knowledge into something that you can teach others, maybe you want to learn how to do some training or you have to teach somebody at your job for something, just just trust me, it's a skill you need to know. You want to look at it as the know-how that it is, okay? And so this is your practical knowledge. Start with something that is foundational and that if you don't know how to do this, then you won't be able to do any of it. And you want to focus on that one thing. And the way you're going to do it. Now, I I, I mentioned this book before, and it's by Anders Ericsson called Peak. And it's the new science of uh, the secrets of the new science of expertise. And what he does is he does a really good job at uh, breaking down how to learn a skill, because that's what it comes down to. You're teaching people a skill, and a skill is different from a theory. So the first thing you want to do is you want to break down to the first foundational component. Think of Mr. Miyagi from the uh, Karate Kid, where he had the little boy wax on and wax off. What he was doing was when that little boy was practicing that stuff, he was teaching him how to do his defense first, because that was something that he had to learn that was really important. He focused on that one thing and he did it by kinetic, meaning he actually had him do the work. Now, in that book, Peak Peak by Dr. Um, Anders Erickson, he talks about having deliberate practice and then turning that, deli- I mean, excuse me, having purposeful practice and then turning that purposeful practice into deliberate practice. So what he means is when you want to start learning your skill, the person learning it has to be focused and they have to be purposeful, meaning there's intention behind it to do it and to do it correctly. And then after they've been doing it enough uh, or for some time, the deliberate practice comes in where you then are willing and able to get adjustments. So say, for instance, you want to learn how to play piano. You go to your piano teacher. They teach you the chorus. They teach you a little song. You go home. They tell you to practice. When you practice, you need to pay attention. You need to have your focus on what you're doing. You have to have the intention of doing it correctly like they showed you, not just running through the actions, right? So that when you go back the next week, then that's going to be where it turns into deliberate practice, where you show them what you've learned and they adjust adjust it. Maybe they show you your finger uh, placement uh, for, for a better reach or they show you better timing uh, to, to clean up so that it doesn't sound clunky. But there are some tweaks, some feedback that goes on, okay? So now, in this Different from when you just go and sit down and learn the theory of piano, where they show you the chords and they tell you how the melodies work and they give you the names for the different chord progressions. It's different because there is practical application to it. You see, Street Smarts is all about that practical application. Okay, so that's called the know-how. Now, here is where I was messing up because I kind of got that, but I was muddling it because I was still mixing in bits of theory and not truly explaining to them 
what their practice would look like. So here's some more I want to talk about real quick, okay? So when you're doing know-how, this is the practical knowledge. This is how you turn what you know into what somebody else can know. These Knowing these next things are, are going to be able to help you to get that over and across to people. So the next thing is, is the know what. Now, the know what is the facts of something. So like I have been giving you a lot of know what here. I've been telling you what Street Smarts is. I've been telling you how to teach a skill. I've been giving you uh, additional resources that talk about this. So that's actually the know what. And that is the facts of what it's saying. Now, that's important because a lot of times when you're doing street smarts and you're only telling folks, let's go back to our Mr. Miyagi thing. The little boy, he wanted to have the know what. And that was the why. Why? Why am I doing this? And if you if you sprinkle in a little know what, it continues to give people uh, the ability to trust the process. So it's needful. You can't just tell somebody, do this. Trust me, it's going to work. Do this. And they suck at it because um, when you're learning a skill, the first step you go through is frustration. And if they are frustrated because they're not good at something and you won't even tell them why they have to do that, it's going to cause some problems. Okay. So the next thing is, is the know why. Now, the know why is not just the why that I talked about with the know what of giving them the facts. The know why is the science behind it. A lot of times people want to make sure that this is not some flakiness. They want to have some type of proof, uh, some science. They want to have some evidence, uh, some research that has gone before. And if you just tell somebody, uh, do this, oh, I promise it's not going to hurt you. They're going to be like, no, uh -uh, nope, I'm not doing that until you show me why I need to do that. And when what they're saying with this particular why is not just why am I doing this to build self-defense? They want some evidence, testimonials or whatever it is to show that this has been done before and that they're safe. And then the next one is the know who. And when we talk about the know who, that goes into how you communicate uh, or how you bring in other supplemental information that communicates the topic to them well. Now, don't get it twisted. A lot of times people do all this know what, know why, and know who, and they forget to put in the know how. Have you ever gone to a training and thought you were going to know how to do something only to leave there with the what, the facts, the science behind it, um, the uh, way to be able to regurgitate what you learned to somebody else, the who is big in the field, and then you go and you don't have step one, step two, or three. You don't know what to do. That's because when it comes to being able to learn a practical skill, which is street smarts, and you get theory, Either you've got to have a high concentration of contextual um, contextual intelligence, like we talked about, which means that when you're put in that uh, environment, you immediately know how to translate it into doing what you need to, or you're going to be stuck and frustrated. And that is the, pro- the problem that I'm seeing um, out there. When you find someone who is able to make the gap Between either way, 
between knowing how to do something and then showing you how to do it. Or if you have someone who is very knowledgeable about all things and then they can give you a step action to get it done based on how you need to get it done, either one is golden. Okay, so let's let's go and take, for instance, writing a book. And I am a proponent of all people learning how to write fiction, because if you learn how to write fiction, you can write nonfiction. Yes, you can. And when I'm working with people on fiction, I am constantly adjusting these four components, the know how, know what, know why, and know who's, so that I can make sure that I'm giving them enough theory, I'm giving them enough foundation, enough ABCs, one, two, three, so that they can make big words and um, solve math problems of, of what it takes to get the book done. But then there comes a time where I am working with them on actual sentences um, like, okay, if we've talked about something in a plot, now let's go and write it out and I want to see it. And then I'm going to read it and give you feedback or I'm going to tweak it with you watching me. And that's where we come into showing, like I talked about with the purposeful and deliberate practice that Dr. Anderson talks about, I mean, Erickson talks about when he talks about how you become an expert in something. You see, it's it's not only that you are able to do something or want to learn how to do something, you have to be getting better at it. And getting better at it is not just practice, but is getting that feedback. And that's a lot of times where people get into problems. Let me talk about the coach uh, element in this whole thing, okay? So a lot of you listening to me are natural coaches. But you don't understand the coach's way in the way that you need to to make that leap from knowing something to being able to coach someone. Um, Think about when you have a world-class athlete and think about the support team behind them. Think about who you're looking at on the sidelines or in the bleachers or the stands when the athlete does something great. After you get through looking at either their spouse kids or or parents, the next thing you look, next person you look at, it's going to be their coach. Now, the thing about coaches, coaches work with people who have a natural ability or show some promise. And what they do, their job is not well, if you're, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about when I talk about this coaching, I'm talking about per, to get people into the professional realm. When you have a coach working with someone who is going to be or is a professional, what they are doing is not necessarily teaching someone how to do something. They are teaching someone how to do something the best way for that person. Coaches are able to take what they know and how to do it and look at what this person does and how they do it and make adjustments. They're able to see past just doing it one way, to customize it so that they get the best out of that person. That because they are there, they are enhancing and tweaking and elevating what this person's natural abilities or even established skills are. How do they do that? They do it by this same four-point 
a recipe, if you will, of the school of the street of um, the school of street smarts, where they take their personal know-how, which is their practical knowledge, whether it is having done it themselves or having worked with a lot of people. Now, like me personally, now that I have personally worked with so many people who write in so many different genres, I bring that to the table. But not only that, because I have written so many novels, I also bring that to the table. So I bring to the table being an author as well as being a writing coach. But that's not enough. I also bring to the table understanding facts of our industry, how to market, who are your people, how to brand yourself, uh, what it takes to be on different platforms, uh, different strategies for pricing, sales, marketing, promotion, and all of that. And then the why. I understand the science behind it, not just because I learned it but because I'm in it every day. And so the science, the knowledge, the understanding of the what, why, who, how, and when, and where, and all of that, I'm able to give them that. And then the know who, the communication of um, who are our movers and shakers in our industry, uh, who they need to um follow or or have a basic understanding or knowledge of. So like for instance, if you're dealing with someone and you want and they're looking at you to coach them, it's great if you show them how you do something. It's also great if you get them to do something and then tweak it to where they get better. It's even better if you give them some factual stuff that will help them to build their understanding of of basic knowledge of of what they're doing. And then if you give them some why, some science behind it, some truth behind it, and then you give them some who, meaning additional resources, curriculum, and those types of things, that's not a bad word. That's going to really help you. And so I know... I got excited about this, but guess what? Yep, my time is up. <laughs> I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mwah! Thank you so much. Please subscribe, comment, rate, review, and continue if you haven't already to use our Amazon link when you do your shopping at michellespiva.com forward slash A. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.